Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. All right. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am stoked to have Tracy Warren here with us, a queen from Washington State. She is the owner of Ignite Your Champion. Welcome, Tracy. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for being our guest. Tell us a little bit about who Tracy is. How much time do you? No, just kidding. Uh, So I'm I'm a business owner at heart. I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like I love being a business owner and supporting other women in business. Um, dudes are fine, but I, there's just something special about women in business. And, Absolutely. You know, Those guys have their you, place, but I got, yeah, whatever. Um, right. but I think at my core, I'm no, I don't think this, I know that at my core, I'm a community creator and connector. Like I love, um, knowing I can make a connection for somebody that might make a difference for them. That gives me so much joy. Yes. I love that. So tell us about ignite your champion. Ignite your champion. So I own a co-working space and I opened a co-working space in 2017. And, um, Needless to say, co-working has been semi-challenging <coughs> the last two and a half years. Yeah, right? um, I was just reading an article that 800, over 800 co-working spaces have closed across the U.S. Wow. in the last two and a half years. So anyway, fast forward to a few years ago when a friend of mine said, Tracy, what if InSpark was your side hustle? And before I opened a co-working space, I ran a social media marketing company. And what I saw was mostly women still struggling mightily with how to show up online, um, how to build relationships, how to create community. And so Ignite Your Champions kind of came out of that. And I published my second book last year. It's also called Ignite Your Champions and then launched my consultancy practice in January. So that's, it's not, InSpark isn't exactly my side hustle yet, but we're working toward that as people get back to the office, whatever that might look like for them. Yeah. And that's happening now in droves. I think that a whole work from home opportunity thing has had its wave and people are realizing like, I got to get out of here one. And those jobs weren't necessarily what they were all cracked up to be. So people are getting back to work. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So was, was the, um, in spark, that's the name of the co-working place there in Washington Uh state. Was that your very first venture into business ownership or was this? No, no. I ran a social media marketing company before. Yes. And um, it was definitely my first venture into owning a brick and mortar. And boy, did I not know what I was getting into. Oh, Um, no. But 
in some of the best ways ever, right? Like I, I've learned a whole, I love to learn and learning experiential learning. I mean, I don't think there's any better way to learn about absolutely not. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, so I did have a business before and, uh, was still managing, some social media pages, even when I started in Spark, but then mm-hmm. um, gave those up as InSpark continued to grow. And, but over time, right? Like the things we do here, it's pretty systematized. So when mm-hmm. it comes to how much time does it actually take to run a co-working space? Yeah. it It's not very much. But you saw this problem that business owners, I'm assuming a lot of women are business owners in your co-working space, and you started to see a pattern, is what I'm hearing, of them having oh, trouble sure. connecting and getting themselves out there. Well, it's not, it's, yeah, it's connecting. It's like we talked about before we started recording, like people feel the need to be everywhere and you don't have to be everywhere, right? right. Like if you don't want to do Twitter, and it was actually a number of years ago, I wrote a blog post about how I manage my own social media. And when I Mm. did it, I wrote that I was, I had two Twitter accounts that I was posting to every day, multiple times a day. And I thought, you know, this is dumb. And I pretty sure that week I deleted both of my Twitter accounts because it just wasn't serving me. Um, it was kind of a cesspool. I think it still sort of is at times. Um, and so, yeah, do I need to be on Clubhouse and TikTok? And no, no, I don't. Like, no, I think if not. I was selling, if I was selling a widget, um, great TikTok, millions of followers. If one percent buy, then I'm making money. But I, just I'm opting out. Yeah, I totally feel that. It's tough, right? We feel like we should be everywhere. We should, should, should on ourselves. But what are you inspiring people to do with Ignite Your Champions instead? You know, honestly, I want it a couple things. I want to bring ease and joy to your marketing. Um, What I tell them to do instead is figure out where your customers are and build relationships with them through your content. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean being everywhere, right? Like, um, yeah, it's building relationships. What if you looked at all of your marketing as relationship building instead of pushing out um, marketing and sales message? Because social media can get a conversation going. Mm-hmm. Sales is getting is bringing that conversation to some sort of sales conclusion. So they're totally different. Yeah. I want people around me, whether they buy or not, right? Like building relationships with the people around me gives me more people to ask for help. It gives me more people I can reach out to when something's going on. I guess that could still be help, but it's about the community, right? It's 
it's about the community. I think community yeah. changes the world. And absolutely, anything we can do to be bringing together right now, I think makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. So what does it look like for someone to work with you in your program? What does someone typically come to you with? Like, is it the, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, or I'm doing so much and I'm overwhelmed. How do you help begin, you know, intake that person and begin to bring them to that clarity? Not that I want I will, you to give away your entire coaching no, no. program here online for free. I No, I love that question because I think they're on a roller coaster between the two. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They're, mm -hmm. um, the roller coaster up and down, like, Oh, I have to be everywhere. So let me ramp up. And like, they're going up, 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 up. And so they're posting on all the places and then they understand very quickly that that's not sustainable. And so then what happens is they go into free fall and they don't post anywhere and they kind of go invisible. Yeah. And then you have dark channels that exist, but have no content. So people think you're out of business. Right. Or they come to me and they say, I have, I have thousands of ideas and none of them ever get to social media, right? Those are my favorite people because I can take their ideas, their client stories and turn them into content that actually gets people to react, to respond, to mm. join their list, to make a call that that's where, so those are the people I love working with. They're also usually content creators, although they probably don't refer to themselves that way, right? Okay. So they've been on podcasts. Maybe they have a podcast, they blog, they've been on social media for years already. And so they have a ridiculous amount of content. My experience tells me most of it is evergreen because they're talking about their expertise and so I come in and we reuse we repurpose we recycle we rejigger the content yes. so that so that what I provide for them is a constant and consistent presence that they don't have to think about yes and they also understand that social media whether people respond or not is valuable because I'm going to meet someone. Someone's going to meet them at a networking event and then go check them out and go yeah. lurk and they're going to follow them and they're going to read all everything they say. And it could be a month from now. It could be a year from now after listening all this time that they're like, Ooh, you know, that Amy, I've been paying attention to her and she's been saying some really great things. I want to talk to her about working with her. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's to me how social media works. And I put works yes. in air bunnies because if you're looking for a dollar for dollar return on social media, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, no. I have a client right now that I'm working with that I did a Google image search recently and almost every image that showed up on Google image search was either a photo I've taken or an image I've created. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I post for them on Facebook. That's it. Like, yeah. I, and I think that the value of the Google benefit also can't be understated. No, for sure not. And I know that you get that right. Because you're in the digital space as well. 
Right, right. So um, do you typically encourage someone to, how do, how do you help them to find, like, where should I be on social media? When they don't, when someone's starting from scratch, how do they know where their audience is hanging out or which channel or couple of channels to choose? Because it is overwhelming. There are lots of people everywhere. How do we, yeah. how do you start to develop, like, where is the place for me? It's really about their ideal client, who they really want to work with. Mm-hmm. Like that will tell me everything I need to know. And, and also where do they like to play? Because mm-hmm. if, if someone comes to me and they're all their experiences on Facebook and I say, well, you know, Facebook, you're really, it's not going to work for you. You really need to be on Instagram and LinkedIn. Well, that's not going to help them either. Cause they you're, I'm asking them to change a habit. Mm, so mm-hmm. great. Let's make Facebook work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I, I don't like to should on people, right? Um, but if you are in business, you have to have a presence of some sort on LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is so underutilized. It's yes. such an opportunity. There's so much opportunity in LinkedIn. Like the fact mm-hmm. that only 1% of people ever actually share content on LinkedIn. Like, yeah, that number is bananas to me. Yeah, it is bananas. I love that word. I'm like, it's, <laughs> I, I really try not to say the word crazy. So, but it's bananas. Yeah. Like yeah. if, if, and, and as big as LinkedIn is, it's still kind of a baby in the social media space. hmm Mm-hmm. So you take that, you think about the numbers and then only 1% are actually creating content. There's, yeah. there's a massive opportunity to make a dent there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we call an opportunity gap. Let's take advantage of that. <laughs> it, yes. Huge. 100%. Yeah. And I love that you're saying, you know, it, it's not, if you're listening and you're going, oh my God, I should be on Instagram. I should be on the ticky talkie as my husband likes to call it. <laughs> The ticky talky every time the ticky talky, but you know, stick to what, you know, there are millions of people on any one platform. We are not, it took me until I was, you know, 40 to realize I'm not for everyone. <laughs> I'm about for this percentage of the population well, and that's okay. Cause they will find you. That is, that is it. Yeah. So many, I remembered, I talked to a gal recently and she was, I asked her, I said, so what are your goals? And she's like, well, I want a thousand followers on my YouTube channel. I said, why? Uh, uh, Cause somebody probably told her that she needed a thousand followers, mm-hmm. but her ideal client is like, there's this many people in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of the lie of, you know, celebrity entrepreneurs. They've, they've told you, well, you need to have thousands of followers. No, I really like in the course of a year, I'm going to work with 30 people. Yeah. Do I need thousands to get to my 30? No, no, you know, I don't. And I'm not for everyone either. So props. (laughs) Props, girl. I love it. Yeah. 
you can't be for everyone. You don't want to work with everyone and attracting the masses in, in thousands of droves. Can you imagine sorting through that type, depending on your niche? Like, do you really want to have to do that much digging into who these people are? And then later, six months into your engagement, find out, okay, our values are not aligned. What a freaking, uh, let, let me just quote one of my favorite actors. What a freaking nightmare. <laughs> like my cousin, Vinny, like that's a freaking nightmare. I don't want to deal with that. Okay. Go with, Wait a minute. Like your grandfather would say, go with Fisher Biden, man. Get over Ooh, here youths. in your pond. See, now youths. I'm like, youths. What's, yes. what are two youths? I don't want them youths off YouTube. Oh well, and you use the word masses. And I know there's a meme that floats around sometimes that talks about beware of the masses because sometimes the M is silent. Oh, you're so and right. Like, I remember I was at an event once and somebody was doing an educational, like a little couple minute thing. And he was like, what do you do? And you work with clients you don't like. And I'm like, I, I don't I understand do the that. question. Like, I don't work with jerks, right? Um, like that's, that's the power of being an entrepreneur. I don't, right. I don't have, if you're high needs before we've ever started working together, that's a big red flag. Yeah. No kidding. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. It's such a beautiful thing to, to be an entrepreneur and be far enough in your journey that you don't have to take every single client that comes your way. And it's not like working a nine to five job where whatever client walks in that door, they're yours to serve, whether they're an ass like the masses or not, they're all yours. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had, I I'm assuming at some point before your entrepreneurial journey, you had a job at J-O-B somewhere, maybe? I did sort of. So before I had kids, I was a nanny and, oh, wow. um, my, I got pregnant and my son arrived three weeks early. And so they hadn't hired a new nanny. So what happened with long story short, while the child was at school, I would work in the husband's office. And when I had my son, because I had him early, they had to hire a new nanny. And so when it came time for me to come back to work, I just worked in the office. So ironically, I was managing an office suite where a whole bunch of different business owners worked, which okay. I forget that because that's what I do now with my co-working space. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they owned a number of companies and okay. I worked for them for a little while, but it's been, it's been a really long time since I've been in an office setting. I'm, I like, I like doing my own thing. I love I like that. Wait, was that family very inspirational for you to, to become a business owner? Or was there somebody else in your life that was, that kind of put that planted that seed for you? You know, that's a, it was not them. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly cause they, they did a lot of, there was a lot of business involved that I didn't understand, but mm -hmm. I don't, no one's ever asked me that. And I'm not sure what planted that seed were um, your folks or your the family you grew up they've in always, business owners were, no no I don't that I'm befuddled by your question because <laughs> I just don't um I'm not I'm just not sure I think 
um, I wanted to find a way for me to be a mom mm-hmm. and still make money. So like when I first had my son, I, I was a nanny for a while where I could bring him with me. And then mm-hmm. I sold Avon for an eternity. Um, <laughs> And was a corporate trainer for Avon and yeah, I, I kind of fell into entrepreneurship accidentally. Like I started helping a friend with their social media and I was like, wait, I'm really good at this. My degree's in journalism. Okay. And, um, but when I graduated from college, that was not the right time to get, I don't know that there has been a time since then to get into journalism just because of the nature of newspapers and things, but yeah, I don't know that I had an inspiration in my life that made me want to start a business. I just, it was, I was an accidental entrepreneur. I love that. I love yeah. that you just wanted to find a way and and found a way to do mm-hmm. it. That, that's a true queen right there. I'm, I'm kind of good at, I'm, I'm kind of good at muscling through, um, almost to a detriment, um, which is, something I'm realizing recently. So, so who have some, I'm assuming having no previous experience or really great example of entrepreneurs, you've had to have some, um, mentors along this way, helping you. Oh, sure. I've had, um, I've definitely had coaches. I definitely surround myself with other women who are in business who aspire to be in business, who aspire to build something beyond themselves. I think yeah. that that's, um, that's really important. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I was on a call right before this and I was talking with somebody about starting a mastermind group. And we were like, Ooh, what if we could get this person and this person, like the idea of like, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And I don't Mm-mm. mean that from an egotistical standpoint, but like where we can learn from one another, I think that that's super important. And I, I have, I have done a really good job of finding those people and making sure they stay close. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were just talking about, like you said, before we were on camera, like getting in the right rooms with the right people is everything networking and knowing someone being the guy that knows a guy that can help someone else out one on one hand, even if they have nothing to do with your niche is so valuable to know, but also surrounding yourself with mastermind people who are in similar industry and learning from one another. I think there's, I hope at least from what I'm seeing, there's a huge shift in the competitive mindset to going, you know what, there's enough success for us all. Let's share it. Please. Can we share this knowledge and success with one another? If I can if I can share something that I've learned that can save you time or money or both, it allows it. It's the lift as you climb, like the rising tides raises all boats or whatever that's in, you know, it's yes. There's so much power in that. And, um, I mean, yeah, if, if I'm going to fail, I want to do it fast and cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, if I can share from what I've learned, if you can share from what you've learned, and I know that there's like, there's boundaries there, right? Like I can't call an attorney and say, 
hey, could you give me some legal? Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I want to pay them. They're the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing like, when is it just a little question and when is it like, okay, this is something I can pay you for. I think yeah. that's important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recently on a call with a CPA and I was like, okay, I think this is a little tiny question. <laughs> and if you want to answer it, great. If this is part of another discussion where I pay you, then that's great too. Like I want to, I saw a sign yesterday at a mechanics. Um, that's a whole nother story. It says, yes. I spent 30 minutes fixing your problem. What you don't see is the 10 years I spent learning how to fix the problem. That's right. Exactly. I'm charging you for the years, not the time. Yeah, that's and it. I thought like, yes, yes, yeah, exactly. The experience of paying for it. That was, that's a painful, for me, that's been a painful journey in entrepreneurship is knowing when to pay an expert and when you can kind of fake it till you make it. And when you can get that free version of the thing there, there are levels of things that get us to where we need to be. And then sometimes it's like, okay, time to pay that person, time to pay the attorney, time to pay the CPA, time to pay the mindset coach, or, you know, the social media coach It's time to bring in an expert because I don't know. And then there's a time to share information. Like you said, in masterminds. Yeah. Well, and I think about things that I share because of like our common interest in Nikki, right? Like that's one shout of out things- to Nikki Roush, the sales maven, our sales coach. Love her. Um, I one of the things that I've learned from her is when I'm sending an email, a sales email, when I'm is take I, me, and we out of it. And yes. so that's something I repeat all the time. And it's mm-hmm. just learning that I'm passing on. Yes. That is just, you know, Nikki gets the credit for that, but, but I've found it to be true that yeah. it's not about me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I love that. Our, uh, our mindset coach, another shout out to my mindset coach, Jose Bolaños. He is amazing. He was telling a story at our last mastermind, uh, in Costa Rica this last week, talking about learning to sail. You can buy the thickest book on learning to sail, and it's going to teach you how to rig up the sails and how to anchor down and do all these things. But there's no chapter in that book about whirlwind or whirl. What do you call it? The swirly, twirly Bermuda triangle, whirlpool. There's no chapter on that. But when you get with other sailors who've been doing it for that 10 years, and they can tell you about the sea monster and the whirlpool and the things that are not in that book that we didn't get in college, that we're not getting from our, our trainings or other places. When we come together and mastermind about those things, we all become better sailors and it lifts the group, like you said, rising tide raises everyone, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Collaboration and cooperation is, is very key to success in business. At least it has been for me. Well, and I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of coaches. Are they coaches that do this where they'll tell you to go, you know, check out what your competition is doing. And I say, only if you can handle it. (laughs) know yourself enough to know. So when I first started my social media company, 
I thought, well, I'm going to go check out the competition. And it made me feel less bad. Like, mm. oh, they're doing webinars. I should do webinars. I hate webinars. Like, <laughs> I don't mind. I like going to them, but yeah. I like talking to people and seeing them respond or laugh or whatever. But, oh, they're doing this. I better do this. They're doing this. I better do this. So if you can look at your competition without feeling less than great, more power to you. I cannot do that. I can't. I, and it's fine, right? I think knowing yourself is why I don't sign up for any self-study courses. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I just know. And yeah. that's a, that's a, that was a mistake that was fast and cheap, right? Like I paid a couple hundred bucks for a self-study course that I never did. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, not doing that again. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. Hybrid. Great. We get to have group calls. Fantastic. I'm in. Accountability helps for you. Oh, anyway. I love accountability. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, what was I going to ask? It fell right out of my head because I was starting to think about accountability and I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell us about a, a client success, someone that came to you super confused and where did you take them from that, from that confused spot? Hmm. So I have a gal I'm working with right now. It wasn't, she didn't come to me. I went to her nice. and I said, look, one, I know her. I've known her for a long time. I, I reached out and I said, I really want to help you with your social media. I think you could have a much more consistent presence. That's not overwhelming. That's more streamlined. And what's been super cool for her is like her email list is growing. People are finding her on Google. And so and I think the win for her is she doesn't have to think about it, right? She just knows that it's happening like mm -hmm. multiple times a week, stuff's showing up on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and she can respond back or not. That's on her, not me. Like it's yes. her choice, but that that's been one, it's been a huge win for her, but it's a good it's also a good reminder for me that I know what I'm doing and I'm really good at it. That last yeah. week I posted something and within a couple of hours, it had 18 reactions. Now I don't go for reactions because I, I think reactions are pretty useless. I would rather have comments, sure. but you know, but I also know that there will, there are people out there that will only ever react and that's, that's fine. Um, but it's like, you know what? I'm really good at what I do. Plus working with her, um, her niche, I don't want to give it away, but it's very calming for me to post for her. Nice. Like, be, just because of the nature of her business, like mm -hmm. I get warm fuzzies when I write content for her, just like it. she wants to create for the people she works with. I'm like, Hmm. What other kind? Like, could I be doing work for a mindset coach? That would help me. All the positivity. It's only positive posts all the time. I love yeah. that. Um, so anyway, <laughs> excuse me. So would you say that 
what are some of the important things that we can give away without working, without having anyone necessarily work with you? Of course that's available. And we'll talk about that later, but what are some of the things that people who want to do this on their own, um, can do, would you say that it's important to have your own logo own personal branding and colors and fonts? Do you think that type of consistency is more important? Do you think it's more being your most true authentic self, which I feel is like kind of the most important piece for me personally, what, what is it that, that someone can really latch on to, to begin creating that consistency across their chosen platform? That's a great question. I would start with content buckets, content pillars, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, I Explain what that means to someone who's okay. not super familiar with our, our area. So we do, uh, I do an exercise with folks around content buckets where we spend five minutes and you write down every possible thing you could talk about on social media. Mm -hmm. Then from that, maybe grabbing a few of them into things that are similar mm -hmm. so that you have three, three content buckets. So as an example, in co-working, my content buckets, everything is around productivity, community, and creativity. Cause I think those are three of the biggest benefits of co-working. Mm -hmm. So then I can use those three buckets to determine what I post or not. So mm -hmm. maybe I find a great leadership quote, but I'm like, does it fit in the buckets? Nope. Then it doesn't make it to my page. Okay. And the reason I think content buckets are important is it creates a win-win-win. So the first win, it helps you create content. Like, yeah, right. what well, do I post about today? Yes. So it helps you create content too. It helps other people share about you, mm -hmm. right? Like I think a lot of times business owners are so busy trying to share about everything they could possibly do. It's actually more repelling than it is attracting. And the third win is it attracts the right clients and repels the wrong ones. Mm. So like simplicity. So I have a prospect that I'm talking to right now and her work goes super duper deep. I'm like, that's great. You save that for your clients. That's yeah. not what we put out on social media. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate to say, like, we kind of put more of the shallow, but like we talk about stories and transformation and those kinds of things. Yeah. And, and to your point, authenticity is important. People are sick and tired of cotton candy content. Like, yes. oh, my life is perfect. And here's the filters. And, and so I don't think there, I don't think there is a one thing because I also think colors and fonts are super important. Like yeah, if you have font-itis, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to look at something and go, oh, this is Amy. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. see it. I recognize the colors. Um, I recognize the language. Like, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, oh, it's another before and after house picture. Which real estate agent is this? Like, 
Bingo. Real estate is, is one of the ones I pick on because every single real estate agent has the same exact content. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's not about being totally different. It's about being a teeny tiny bit different. Yeah. So that I recognize it. Mm -hmm. so, and so many people are presenting their solution, my solution, my solution, but they're really not talking about the customer's problem. They're not talking about the pain point. They're not talking about what it is they're solving, only the solution. Well, if you're only talking about yourself and what you solve, really not speaking to the core of the person who's only looking to survive and thrive in this world. That's all anybody's looking to do. How do I survive? How do I thrive? Oh my God, what do I do today? Oh, she can solve my problem. Not, oh great, she sold another house. <laughs> totally and, get that. And selling a house is great and it's important. It is. I, I don't want to just put down the, that, but it's one of the measurements I talk about is, look, when you're talking about your business, if you take your business name out and you have a blank there instead, if I can put someone else's company name in the blank, mm. that's a problem. Nice. Right? Like, if the way you're talking about your supplement company sounds like every other supplement company, then it's, it's, it's unmemorable. Mm -hmm. It's forgettable. Yeah. Forgettable. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word forgettable. Like it's how do you make yourself memorable? How do you say something that makes you unforgettable? Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I used to say years ago was liking is lazy. And that was when our only option on Facebook was to like, do you remember that? Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I would say liking is lazy. And I got no, like people would say, oh yeah, you used to say liking is lazy. And, and it started to kind of like, I felt a little bit bad. Um, I still think if you want, you know, maximum visibility, then you have to comment. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I do run a marketing membership group. And this week, my challenge to them was to comment, only comment for a whole week mm -hmm. to see how their Facebook feed changed because yeah. their Facebook feed will change. It will change. All they ever do is comment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. One of the strategies that I myself employ, let me see who, who all listens to this podcast, because when I'm looking to do business with someone, I'm not just going and liking their posts. I'm making comments on, oh my gosh, what a beautiful child. Congratulations. They're going back to school. Congratulations on that win on your business. And it might take 10, 15, 20 comments on their personal and business page before they're reaching out to me. But when I comment on their stuff, guess whose stuff's showing up in their feed from the algorithm. It's mine, not the right. 50 likes that post got. It was, oh my gosh, she complimented my kid. I remember her. So it's not just trying to get our own com comments, but like you said, commenting on other people's things becomes so important because like you said, people are looking for anyone to engage. They want to, they want connection again. And liking is lazy. I'm to the point now where someone just likes my post. I'm like, well, that's rude. Like, why didn't you love it? Or why didn't well, you congratulate me or, or be inspirational on LinkedIn? What, what the heck did I do wrong if I'm only getting likes? So you're absolutely right. This mindset's well, changing. And the other thing about liking is I can get, I can get 50 reactions to a right. post. I don't look at who reacted. Mm -mm. No. 
who commented. I, but I will read every comment. Exactly. And, you know, bonus tip. I comment back on every comment because you know what? Yes. That also tells the algorithm that this content is popular. Exactly. It it's, is. It's all a game, right? It and is. I think, I think sometimes I need to remind myself that it's a game and, and everything I'm doing on social media is an experiment, right? right. It, I'm going to try this for a while. Does it work? Great. Does it not? Great. Because I can experiment with my content mm -hmm. and then I have a better idea of how to help my clients. Yes. I love that. I love that split testing and don't be afraid to try. We watched, um, I, we just came back from a mastermind in, in Costa Rica and Jen Gottlieb was there. I don't know if you know who she was. She was a big VH1 star. Now she runs a, a PR company and she helps people get into the media on, she was on Forbes and all this stuff. And she seems so perfect and professional and her lives are great. Well, at the end of her presentation, she ran this like two minute video that was videos of her very first things. And she was going, okay, guys, I'm, I'm going to try and go live today. And, oh, I've been sitting here thinking about this for 15 minutes. And it showed the progression of how she got better and better and better and better. Now she's in Forbes. She's speaking on huge stages with Damon Johns and other Shark Tank people. And I mean, she's super famous, but she started somewhere too. So not being afraid to fail, like you said, it's all an experiment. So what if someone doesn't like or hates your post or whatever? It's all engagement, right? But you have to be willing to experiment and fail at it and look really dumb. That's hard. It, it is hard. And I, and I definitely want to acknowledge the people who it's hard for, like, ugh. But I also know, like, I know you said something about being over 40, I'm over 50. And it took me a really long time to get to a point where I really don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, what somebody wants to say about me behind my back. Because honestly, there aren't people saying bad things about me behind my back, which feels really good. But, um, but I don't, I don't want it to take this long for my, I have a 22 year old daughter. I don't want her to be struggling with her identity when she's 40. Like mm -hmm. I want her to be able to stand in her power and truth, whatever that is at whatever age she is. And I know that that takes time, but, um, it was a struggle to figure out who I was. And I want younger women to get there sooner. Yes, absolutely. because I, we have such an opportunity to make an impact. Like I have so much hope in the future because of this generation that's coming up behind us because yeah. they are taking no crap and mm -hmm. I'm inspired. I'm so inspired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it too. I love it. And it took me, like I said, until I was almost 40 to step into, you know, putting aside that, Hey, Amy, you're too much. You're too loud. Be quiet. Sit down. Shut up. You're, you're aggressive. You're not assertive. You're this ball busting power tripping lady. Oh my God. If I had realized that when I was 20, now I can't regret that. I'm so pleased to be standing, like you said, in my truth, but the more I I'm exposed to celebrities, like you said, that have millions of followers. I was in the same room with Damon John last week and, and Jesse Itzler 
I mean, I touched him. I spoke with him. And what I'm learning is, yeah, they have thousands and millions, some of them of followers, but what comes down to is knowing who you are and being a good freaking human being and having relationships with people who you make an impact on, they make an impact on you. And when you can touch that celebrity and go, they got the same skin I do. Holy Mm -hmm. crap. They're a real person with a million followers, but they didn't get those million followers by showing a perfect life. They did it a 20 year overnight success by being a good human and being who they are authentically. So it's that whole, don't compare, don't compare the beginning of your story to someone else's middle. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Jen said when she was showing us that crazy video of her awful, awful reels to like now millions of views. She says, don't compare your chapter one to my chapter 20. Cause trust me, there's somebody ahead of me that's on chapter 40 and I'm FOMOing over them while you're FOMOing over me. We all start somewhere. So just get in, dig in and be authentic and, and it will come. It's not like field of dreams. You build it, they will come. But if you build and stand in who you are authentically, then that 1% of the population that you are for will find you. And then you'll have ideal clients, not a pain in the ass client. You'll have what you want. For sure. I'm so excited that you're doing this for women and inspiring them to be themselves and getting out there in front of people. What a queen. Tell these queen listeners where they can find you to work with you on their social media, please. You can find me everywhere. No, just kidding. Just Google um, her, obviously, Tracy Warren. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's fascinating how many Tracy Warrens are in the world. I had no idea. Um, but Ignite Your Champions is where you can find me. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook is where I play most of the time. I was actually debating deleting my Instagram. <laughs> but I do still need it for clients. So I do still have it. And yeah, I do have a book that I wrote last year. It's called Ignite Your Champions, Build Your Business by Creating Connection and Community. Um, It's kind of my, if you want to work with me, great. If you want to DIY it, you can, the book is a great way to DIY it. It's meant to be a workbook, you know, and I'm super proud of it because I really do think it can make a difference for people when, when you're building your community and focusing on champions, as opposed to trying to focus on everyone, because you can't. Yeah. People will can't. be your champions. They will absolutely yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. You just show them. I think about are. like somebody who like Nikki, like yes. everyone in her sales maven society is a champion for her. For her, yes. And yes. she's a queen. She is a queen. And it'll I mean, it she it's easy to talk about her. And I think back to the earlier part of our conversation, like she is in her lane. Yes, yes. She knows exactly what she does, exactly who she helps. And because of that, it makes it easy for me to talk about her or you to talk about her or anyone else she's ever worked with because she has a lane. She does. She She drives in it well. Yeah. She doesn't talk about 20 different topics. She talks about a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she talks about sales and she knows how to do it. Let me tell you. Yeah. She, she was actually a case study in my book. Uh, Nice. Because, because she is a, 
yes, she's a sales maven and she's a community creator Mm -hmm. without a doubt, without a doubt. So get out there, create your content, create a community, find your champions, buy Tracy's book. I'm assuming we can grab it on Amazon. Of course. Ignite your champions, get out there and ignite your circle women. And if you're having trouble working through that book, go to Tracy's website and she'd be happy to work with you one-on-one. I love that. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being my guest today. And thank you for being a queen that leads. Thank you.